Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. In this week's episode, I chat with the founder of Inner Buzz, Conor McLaughlin. Passionate about football from a young age, she carved out a successful career as a sports broadcaster. But it was a chance encounter with meditation in 2012 where Connie discovered a new passion. Helping others to realise their potential and to channel their energy into creating more positive outcomes is now at the epicentre of her work. Developing her business, furthering her studies in psychology and continuing to work as a broadcaster, she has found her flow and now makes it her mission to help others find theirs. This was a first for the Bra and the Brave in that we recorded the episode on location, or out and about, as I like to say. So you'll need to excuse some background noise, but it shouldn't distract from Connie's wisdom and brilliant storytelling. I totally loved recording this episode, so I hope you enjoy it. Fabulous. I'm here with Connie McLaughlin. Hello. It's so exciting. I know, I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Thank so, you very much for wanting to chat. Thank you for doing this, I really appreciate it. Connie and I were in the brownies together. I know. <laughs> and my guessed. funny story was that Constance um, was in my brownies and I thought Constance was a, a brownie name. I didn't know that was like a real life name. I thought it was such an important sounding name that it must mean that like she was like head brownie. I was actually. This is, this is it. This is taking me 30 years to tell you the truth. And I never got to be Constance. Well, you know, like Brownell was the, like, she was the total main she woman. Was. She but was. actually, there was another, another layer that we didn't talk about. It's all very undercover. That's me just finding that out. I'm alright with that, though. <laughs> if you were a head brownie, I totally get why. At seven. <laughs> what a fair achievement. <laughs> so, Connie, where did it all start in terms of your amazing career journey, which I know a bit about but I probably don't know just quite the ins and outs of everything you've achieved thus far so I'll let you just tell us everything. When I was younger I really wanted to be um, a TV presenter. Mm. I, I remember sitting in my nana's house in Motherwell and she used to have like a little sort of like back stair and, and she had like kind of wee plants at the top of it okay. and I must have been easily sort of six or seven just before my big brownies mm-hmm. um, moment um, and I used to pretend that I was presenting the Beechgrove Garden Nice. I used to I used to stand there, and I was uh-huh. I mean it was a full on production. Of course. So I mean it was like proper like steady cam and everything coming around. I was following um, wider it. shots, and I was very very ahead of my time. Of course right? you were. So I was discussing the ins and outs of sort of horticulture and plants, and I knew nothing about it, right? But I Brilliant. was talking a good game. Yep. Of course. Slimmer to life right now. <laughs> um, and and I used to love it. I used to just love that sort of. In, like sort of um, interacting even though I was playing and there was no one there but it was interacting with this um, this audience and it just felt really good and it was fun and I enjoyed sort of the play um, and that really just sort of just was just the start of it yeah, yeah. and, it, and it, it, it was always in my head mm. that I, I love to be in front of an audience I love the energy yeah. that you get from an audience that was the sort of that was the hook for me just there's something that you get when you yeah, connect to other people that made me feel really good so I just thought, right, okay. It wasn't even a conscious thing, like, how did I do that? It was no. just automatically, there was a path that you think, right, hmm, what am I interested in? And it was mm-hmm. always um, reporting, presenting, journalism, mm. that sort of thing. So um, I, I was also a big football fan. 
I absolutely loved football. Right. So even from a really young age, I loved sort of Scottish football, but also was a bit obsessed with Italian football. I used to get up on a Saturday morning, I'd be sitting in my house, my pals maybe were staying and they were like wanting to watch like, like going live or something and then I'd be like <laughs> recording like uh, Gazetta Football Italia uh-huh. on a Saturday and I'd be like getting the tape out to record it and hear what James Richardson had to say and Brilliant. how UV were doing. And so that was a that Big was a football family thing. then? No, no, just no. no, my brother, oh, so I've got three older brothers. Uh-huh. And the middle one liked football, but mm-hmm. the rest of my family it wasn't as if it was like a big thing in the no. house or it wasn't just something that you something just that I was always a really, love of yeah, yours. Yeah, so cool. Something I was interested in. Maybe a previous life. Maybe. Um, <laughs> so I I went to uni um, mm-hmm. and I always had this idea that I would I wanted to, to, to be a journalist. So that was the natural mm-hmm. progression. I would go and study journalism. Went to Edinburgh. Got into a course at Napier. Um, there's only like thirty places or something. Totally wow. blagged my way onto it because um, I wasn't massively academic. I loved school, but mm-hmm. I wasn't. I was more into the sort of drama stuff, yeah, and yeah, and shit, whatever, than really sitting down and sort of being super, super, you know, into, mm. into my exams. But um, I remember I, I went through to Edinburgh, and it was there for maybe about six or seven weeks. I didn't drive. I don't know. I think it was. I was just turned seventeen, uh-huh. and I think even at that time, just turning seventeen and being in Edinburgh, it seemed quite far away and quite mm-hmm. a big deal. So I chucked it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as you do, smart idea. It was too far away, and I decided what I would do is I would go to uni in Glasgow, um, and there was some journalism course that was through there that it was until the next year. So I thought I'll go, go and do a, a degree in, in mm-hmm. social science, psychology, and politics and stuff, and and, and then I'd wait to the next year. Anyway, that didn't happen, and the, the the what ended up sort of being the focus was the psychology and more yeah. politics stuff. So weirdly, even at that time, there was some draw to understanding sort of human behaviour and, and wow. what we're all about and what are, it was just it seemed to be by chance. But was, I think I found as mm-hmm. my life progresses, there is no really such thing as yeah. this chance. Um, so did that. That was great, um, and then um, eventually did a postgrad in broadcast journalism. But was always sort of I had a real. I had this ability to be able to say, right, I really, really want to do something, and there was no stop for me. Like, it would literally just be like, people would say, well, how are you going to do that? Or, you can't really do it. You're like, well, we'll just do it, obviously. Uh Like, I would go and find sort of things to do for free or whatever, and and, and that's just got that drive. It was just, I think if you you really can land on the thing that you want, Mm -hmm. and that, by the way, is sometimes the most difficult thing to do. The, the path becomes quite clear in terms yeah. of opening up in front mm-hmm. of you about what it is how yeah. you get there you know so if you land on the and as a young person it's very difficult to know that for a lot of people it is, uh-huh. yeah. but following your passion I think sometimes even at school like it was I, I was sort of discouraged to think well I remember I wanted to be an actress so it was again it was that presentation thing the audience mm-hmm. thing and it was almost like oh no well you know, the easiest route maybe would be like journalism or something into mm-hmm. it, and it was an in to get that fixed. Yeah, not everybody can just become can. an actress. No. Like that's the kind of which, which, yeah, which the message was the message, yeah. and which I think is changing now. Which I think is oh better. yeah, yeah. And and I think that's a that's a really sort of it's a it's a skill to learn as yes. well about how you can clear out that noise to get yourself focused on the thing that you want to do. Um, so yeah, I did that. Um, and after the sort of the working for free and doing all of that stuff, I got my job at Radio Clydes, which yes. was like I remember standing. I was in Moffat of all places. Uh-huh. My brother used to live down there, and did I was in a chippy getting my dinner and I remember the editor at the time phoning me saying like you've got this job and I remember because wow. I listened to Super Scoreboard and um, and, and of and course that, so I you would do if you're a massive that was my football fan I listened to that on the radio and that's why I used to be late for school because I'd be listening to the sports desk and now I'd be in this place that was like uh-huh. a really big deal so I was I remember walking I was 
get in it in the first day and I was like oh god this is a big thing um, and then it, and it, it, it moved from there so it just mm. it's almost like this little sort of like this train and journey of, mm. of this is your job now and this is life so, yeah and it was good so um, moved eventually down to was, I did sort of um, breakfast television for mm-hmm. a while in there and then I get a job at Sky Sports yes Moved down there in 2011 um, and I remember thinking, oh my god, this is it. I was doing a screen test in Sports News in Isleworth in London and I remember sitting and I was like, oh my actual god, like, what am I doing here? You know, total imposter syndrome. <laughs> Somebody's going to get me and like, just eh, escort me out of the building because you actually shouldn't be here. Right? You just shouldn't it's be here. so yeah. funny that your brain does that to you. Of course, and uh-huh. I think it's like a self-preservation thing mm-hmm. because you are in a situation whereby you can be um, you're out of, you're out of comfort. Yeah. So you're not safe, you know. No. I mean, physically you're safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh-huh. but emotionally, you're in something that's that is really important to you. So mm-hmm. it, it's like kind of fight or flight. Like get yeah. out, get out. Yeah, you're not supposed to be here to, to, to make you safe. Yeah. So that, that's that's understandable. But then I, as as it was progressing, as my sort of job and, mm. and my, my my life was progressing down there. I just had this thing about, I always had this idea where I think that when I got that, I'd be happy. When I got that, that'd be the thing. Happy finish line. Right, and, <laughs> and then I'm like that, hmm, actually. And I remember I'd been down there, because I moved down and on my own, mm. and it's the first time I'd moved away from home, and I was I was miserable. I was lonely, I was, uh, I didn't know really how to live a life on my own. I've got a really big family, a really big group of friends yeah. that we've been friends since we were like, early at school. Definitely. And they're all, we're all still like yeah. that even now, in your yeah. mid-30s, but... So I, it was almost like I was learning how to become resilient mm-hmm. on the job. Mm-hmm. And initially, you know, anything when you're learning something, I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> um, and I remember thinking, right, I'm, I'm, I, I need to get out of here. I, I, I don't know how much more I can take of this, like feeling Goodness. really rubbish. And then I met this girl who, and the only person that I really knew that well uh-huh. was a girl that did my spray tan. Right, now, I don't actually know where I was going to get a spray tan uh-huh. because I didn't really know that many people in the first place. Okay. I wasn't going for big nights out, no. but I just, clearly you just need to keep doing something up, for yourself. You know. So I'm standing getting sprayed uh-huh. and she's like that, you know, you should really um, go to this girl who's, um, she's a meditation teacher. And I'm like, oh, meditation? And I was and, and I was very open to um, to sort of spirituality. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a practice or anything, but I was very open to the alternative sort yeah. of discussions or like uh-huh. existentialism and what else there might be in reason for us being here. Bigger yeah. questions. But so you wouldn't have it wasn't, the oh, idea. It wasn't like I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm not going to go to no. meditation. But it certainly wouldn't have been the first thought in my mind. So I went along to the class, Thursday night, never forget it. Mm-hmm. It was in this hairdresser's, right? So I was like, okay. it was in the middle, it was in Leeds at the time, uh-huh. in the middle of um, this shopping centre in Leeds, up this sort of little dingy staircase on the top of a hairdresser's. And it was like almost like a loft space. Right. Now, I thought it was a cult initially, clearly. <laughs> she right? said, mate, Sound like some that. Is this? <laughs> Am I going to be murdered? Am I some sort of human sacrifice? <laughs> your mum. Should I leave right now? And but there was something going. Actually, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Just go. Uh-huh. And in the wee corner of this this loft space, there was this girl sitting with a few people, and there was like candles and should we can incense sticks and cushions and stuff. And it was actually pretty. There was a nice energy. Uh-huh. It was weird, but it was a okay. nice kind of space. Remember sitting down. The girl's name was Roxy. Obviously, what else would her name be? Right? <laughs> There's another cool name, Constance LA. Roxy. So we were sitting with a cool name, and we sat down, and there was something sort of clicked. And we, wow. something really happened that day. Mm. And, and I remember coming out thinking, Jesus, like uh-huh. there's something in this. And it became a wee bit of a um, an obsession mm-hmm. for me about finding out more about what that was mm-hmm. and, and trying to understand kind yeah. of what just happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and then that was the, basically that was 2012, um, and and it, it became almost like some sort of like junkie 
for material mm-hmm. on self-development, on self-help, on mindset, on positive psychology, uh-huh. on behavioural change, anything I could get my And at that on. point were you thinking this is where I want to go? Can no, you raise my, this was for you, this was for this you, totally going I want to tap into this for me. Uh-huh. I, I didn't really want to know what it was and I, and, I, and because I had a, a little kind of almost like a wee flash of it, I'm like, uh-huh. oh my God, imagine more. that. Yes. If, I, if that's what happened, then like that was just like a taster. Taster, like what uh-huh. could happen if I properly get into this? And remember, like one of the first books I was reading, Dear to the Secret. Yes. Like, I've not so read it, but I have. Yeah. You should read it. You can read it on, or you can watch it on YouTube. It's on a baby video and oh, stuff. Oh, right, Okay. Cool. Take away the Americanisms mm. of it, because sometimes you can get lost in the sort of delivery of it. But okay. I think that the message the itself there. is effectively yeah. like your thoughts become the world that you see, and mm. that your thoughts become like a reflection of the things that are around you that you mm. that manifest in your your life. Because mm-hmm. what it does is it allows, and it means that you have to take responsibility for your life. It's not just the case that actually I'm a um, party to the certain yeah. circumstances that have happened or I'm, this is this is the life I have and I don't have any control over mm-hmm. it. And that, for some people, particularly in the work that I do now, yeah. is quite a difficult first step because, mm-hmm. well, I have obviously I've not created the situation where I've struggling for money or, I, or I'm in a really bad relationship or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're not consciously making these choices. <laughs> But, but we're making choices. But we're making, yeah, oh, even if uh-huh. it's filtered through whatever's happened within our Definitely. subconscious. So we're, this, this, that for me was a really big mm. moment in terms of... Well, it's nice like, to know that you have some control back, even though that's a scary thought, like, you are in control and it's you that's yeah. in power of this. Yeah. But then that's also positive to take away. Massively. Uh-huh. But it was scary. Yeah. It was power. I'm yeah. like, I don't really know if I want this uh-huh. power. Here, take it back. Take it else. And you begin, to like notice, it. But you begin to notice patterns of behaviour where uh-huh. you're giving it to folk. Just giving it here you go take mm-hmm. it oh well it's, it's, and, and then people moan and procrastinate about it and it's like well here it is and and mm-hmm. then you're sitting in a situation that you don't like and it's and that's what causes people to feel anxious depressed whatever yeah. because you're completely out of alignment mm-hmm. of your own power your own wisdom yeah. your own thing that's within you yeah so anyway I, I decided after a few years of of my sort of study that i needed to i wanted to go back to uni so i went back again after my postgrad broadcast uh, uh-huh. And then I went back and... Um, That's a huge step in itself. When you've it, not it, been know, in but that... But it didn't seem like it. But it was, that was, again, one of those uh-huh. things where I was just like, I need to do it, so I'll just do it. Like, I'll that's get just done. A, that's a new... But uh-huh. then it's also in everyone. It's just it's, it's that it's just the decision to make that's the thing that comes to the Very fore. true. So it's like, right, okay, I'm going to do that, mm. and that's fine. And then I decided to, to, to share the message of whatever this was. I just kept thinking, like... Why is this not a thing? Like, why uh-huh. did it, why did it take me to be in that situation and stumble mm. across this hairdresser's uh-huh. loft to to help me to understand like the the fact that I've got so much choice and mm. I've got an opportunity to change my life in whatever way I want mm-hmm. to change it. And and I kept thinking that's not that's not okay. Like, uh-huh. we need people need to know about this. So I took it upon myself to try and share that message and that's and create an amazing where thing called inner buzz. Yes. Wow. So. How did that all come about? Did you just again wake up one day and go, "I'm going to do that," no, just like you do? Well, I, d- I didn't know how I was going to do it. Mm. I never started a business before. I was, you know, I was no way business minded. I wasn't mm. one of these people who think, mm, "I'm going to start my own empire." It was more about like, how am I going to? What's the channel that I can spread this message? Yes. And I had obviously a benefit of the communication of stuff behind me because of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also that was a wee bit of a hindrance because I came back to I decided to move back to Scotland mm-hmm. and, and do this, mm-hmm. and people thought I'd lost. The plot right like I remember my old boss phoning me up and saying like like are, are you okay like thinking <laughs> I'd had some sort of breakdown <laughs> it was just so different from yeah. from the sort of norm and and having this real sort of 180 of, of mm-hmm. career it was like a, it was people were kind of like that's a bit weird what's like, going what's on here what's she up to yeah because um, people just look at 
other people and think they've got it made or they must be happy or they must be because looking at you you are extremely successful or she's um, in a box isn't it like that's yeah. who you are and that's and, and it's part of I suppose your identity mm-hmm. but it's actually not like because I'm, a lot of things make up a whole person exactly. not one thing I'm not Connie who does this one thing yeah. as this one dimensional person takes a wee while to shed that I think because yeah especially being in the public eye and being so visible from everything that you've done like I guess people just form a picture of you I what think, they think you think, are and what you're yeah, all about and I, I think that you you make that choice about whether or not that's that persona is the most important thing to be a whole other person you have to have all these interests and backstories and things that okay. um, so I, I came back and my eldest brother uh-huh. um, he has a business consultancy okay, cool. and I remember him sitting down and I was, uh, I was saying to each other like well, I initially thought it was a book I'm like mm-hmm. it's a book and then I share the message of the book and is it this and I'm like mm, okay how's that how's this going to work how am I mm-hmm. actually also how am I going to share the message but also how am I going to live because I need to I need to oh, some sort of financial money. award <laughs> you know like because uh, the fairies aren't going to pay my mortgage or you know my car or whatever uh-huh. so that was a, a consideration uh-huh. and we went to Chicago Right. So we had this had this material, all the stuff I'd used, and uh-huh. I put it all together, and I needed to test though whether or not it worked uh-huh. on other people. So I knew it worked on cool. me. Yeah. I'm like, right, how do I then, how do I then share this in a way that is um. going to be able to be translatable mm. to people? And the weird thing was, I used to when I was at uni, uh-huh. um, I worked as a facilitator, a trainer. So I was used to speaking to larger yes. groups uh-huh. and facilitating mm-hmm. with people, which again at the time you think. Actually, this is a this is just a job. I but just do it. But now you're actually looking back. I'm thinking everything, every little step that I took was perfect. Just all part of that. Yeah, it was just setting you up. Um, so we went to Chicago, stayed over there uh-huh. in total for about nine months. Oh wow! Um, so went over, came back, went over, came back, right. and then we um, or I remember sitting the first couple of months of being there mm-hmm. thinking like oh, what is this and the material was being received really well mm-hmm. we're working with kind of tech startup incubators out there okay. and they were really sort of like people who were sort of beginning to be entrepreneurs but thinking like oh they were under stress a lot of pressure it's like well is that our market is this some is it in testing ah, where the market was cool right okay we worked like some homeless charities and stuff wow. out there which was quite cool and then I remember sitting thinking right I need a name mm-hmm. this is a business right what am I going to call it like what is it and I remember sitting in the apartment and I'm so grateful and lucky to be in that position because my brother stays in this um, apartment that's basically floor-to-ceiling glass and I remember looking out onto oh, downtown wow. Chicago and the, the Chicago River and it was a beautiful day mm-hmm. sitting thinking, right, Ollie, this is pretty decent mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a pretty decent scenario here don't really yeah. know how I managed to end up here <laughs> but anyway um, and I remember thinking, like, what is this? What is this? What does it feel like? Mm. And I sat with myself and thinking, right, what does it feel like in my body? And it felt like a buzz. Mm-hmm. Like when you have something that's happening, you're really excited mm. about it. It just felt like that. And I was like, it's kind of like an inner buzz. And I was like, there, there is. you go. That's what it is. And, it's, and, and that's, it felt really real and it felt really true. That's what it is. That's like a proper light bulb moment. Yeah. And it's like then the sort of values you're connecting to your body and your mind and your spirit and kind of what the whole purpose of the business is it's to try and share that message with other people as well is is looking at all the different facets to the self and how we explore mm-hmm. that and how we listen to it when like my biggest belief out of anything that I've ever done in this whole process is that we always know the answer like so even when I was in uh, you know down south and I wasn't feeling uh-huh. good yeah. there was something within me that knew that this wasn't right so it was mm-hmm. telling me that yep. there was disruption so it's like well when you're feeling that way like listen to it because it's telling you something Don't you need it. to know so if there's something within your body it's maybe like you know a pain or it's mm-hmm. out, just sort of out of sync listen to what your body's trying to tell you you know and through meditation or through whatever it is the sort of tool that you can use you can tap into that wisdom tap yeah. into that thing that's within us and just and it will always lead you to the way that you need to be 
or the way that you're the place that you need to go to or the life that you want to live it's yeah. always there and sharing that message with people is like the best I was just going to say that sounds like the best job ever hi it's amazing it's pretty decent mm-hmm. <laughs> so you clearly love what you do you're yeah. extremely passionate and the whole premise behind this podcast is about people that are passionate about what they do whatever it is yeah. and it's evident that this is where you're meant to be and what you're meant to be doing and the message that you're sharing. In terms of inner buzz, like if you're working with a particular client or a particular group of people, what are you trying to help them do? So it's always about coming back, mm-hmm. coming back to that And why would quiet. someone come to inner buzz? Like why would they, like it what can, kind of groups have you worked with clients? Like? So when I came back from Chicago, mm-hmm. so when I, after that nine months, I remember sitting in my living room um, and saying, right, how do I grow this business? So mm. I got myself, I'd landed a really big client who was Chicago and London based and I'm like, oh, wow. oh okay. my God, this is easy. This, the whole business scenario is like a piece of nonsense, right? <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know, right? So I'm like, oh God, this is great. So I'm like living my life, just doing my thing. But I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, also something to say, right? Okay, so I need to be able to grow this business. Like, so how do I do that? Mm-hmm. I remember looking through my phone and my contact lists and saying, um, it was manager, player, it was mm-hmm. chief exec, agent. It was all football. Yeah. Because obviously that had been my life for so yeah. long. I mean, a couple of pals in that in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few. But it was, it was perfectly evident that, again, I was being yes. sort of guided towards something else. So I remember speaking to one of the uh, a manager friend that I'd had when I was in Scotland and saying, listen, I've got this idea for a club. Um, it's, an, it's a programme mm-hmm. that I'm using to help players with their mindset, to help them sort of understand how they can perform better. So when we feel at our best, mm-hmm. when you're trying to do something, you're going to do it better. Yep. You know, if you're dancing mm-hmm. and you're dancing a, a new routine or whatever, and you're on your own and you're, you can feel comfortable, and if you try stuff and you'll be a bit more expressive mm-hmm. because you don't have that fear of of doing something in front of someone that you're going to look right? So I'm trying to get people into that state of being in that flow, no matter who's watching, right? So you're in Got that you. space, and when yeah. players get into that that sort of frequency, if you like, mm-hmm. then they're able to perform to their best. They're able to be their, their best self. Yeah, just shed off anything that's any baggage. Armor. Yeah. them uh-huh. and be in that moment um, and so I said I was like I don't know if this is going to work with people like with players mm-hmm. but let's just give it a try and see what happens and we did and it was ludicrous the result was really? ludicrous they never lost a game in the first eight weeks that we did wow. it right? and it was within for two years worked with other um, football clubs uh-huh. and that sort of went really well and, yeah. and that's great working with some other sort of corporates but there was also something within me as well that kind of gets to a point where I know when it's time to change okay. I'm learning this as well as I'm going along that sometimes it'll be that you know there'll be other wee paths or things that are opening up mm-hmm. um, so at the moment we're working on um, a new digital platform helping more people access this information without it always having to just be me that goes to the yeah. office or me that goes to the club you or whatever to try and half yourself in exactly cutting off your bits yeah. of your fingers to, mm-hmm. to, put your, to put you in that but yeah. if, you, if you can do that and you can share that message with as many people as you can and scale it up that's Absolutely. like my perfect scenario Yeah. so that's what we're kind of working on just now but there's I mean I, I do one-to-ones and stuff as well so people will come because mm-hmm. they're just not feeling happy they're, maybe they're not happy in their job maybe they're not mm-hmm. happy in their relationships maybe they're not happy just with their their, their, their self and their life in general mm-hmm. and they want they know there's something inherently within them that knows there's something better but they just kind of don't just really know how to do it. it and they'll come just to sort of learn techniques and tools about how they can sort of be more aligned mm-hmm. and more peaceful empowered happy in their life and I think that the biggest thing I've learned as well, and I'm always learning, like, you never... Yeah, it, sounds, it seems like that, like, it just you must just be constantly wanting to access more information to oh, then right. pass it on to others. 
totally constant growth there I, always and I think that the moment you think that you've cracked it mm. is the moment that you but fall time to, uh-huh. yeah. so <laughs> yeah, I mean we've had moments like that too of course, course. I mean your yeah. ego sometimes takes over and it's like this is yeah. brilliant check me out of course sitting in LA doing my work and sitting on a beach and then actually being like mm, uh-huh. it's not ideal mm. so there, there are moments I think of clarity as well that you think right okay I'm beginning to learn another lesson mm-hmm. and I think that in the moment of inner buzz which was that that's tapping into that joy I think I missed a step before that okay which was having to having to get into a space where you're able to access that first mm. and foremost so there has to be some sort of calmness or right. stillness before you can get into that space yeah probably if I could get back it might be more more zeny really okay because I was going to ask you about like you know going into your own personal practice of that like how do you do that for yourself every oh day for the impact because you're so busy and everything that you're doing is amazing and you're talking about having to like you know make a digital platform so that more people can access you mm-hmm. and your fantastic ideas and what you've found so then where does Connie come in like how do you look after yourself like have oh. you got a practice oh my god I've got a if I didn't have this practice uh-huh. I think that um, A my boyfriend would probably kill me he would probably just move out because that's an important thing so spending time together like at home like uh-huh. home life is so important yeah. like that for me is Making my like the time recharge for that. oh my mm-hmm. god that is like the thing that makes me brings me joy uh-huh. and I'm so lucky and grateful to have that um, with, your, with your partner or your family or your mm. friends like it's such an it important is, thing it really is to have it yeah. tops you up almost definitely um, so obviously I live in Edinburgh now mm-hmm. but my, my, most of my family and my friends are through here in yeah. Glasgow and and even just like sometimes Kyle says to me right we need to go to Glasgow <laughs> like you need to code for uh-huh, let's right, go come on. Right, he knows when I need to uh-huh. I just need to be oh, around that's great that, that he's so in tune with yeah, you obviously knows you very well yeah and yeah. I think that that's that important that's thing that's great so that's important but I think like for me my daily practice is mm-hmm. always so I meditate every day okay. in the morning um, it'll, I go through my mixture so of mm-hmm. what ones I'll use so some I'll, like I've got a seven day meditation have you I have you do yeah, like it's it? fantastic yeah. I love it because I only got into meditation like a couple of years ago and I have no discipline so I was doing it for a bit and then not doing it for a long time and I and I, and I always feel better when I do it and I'm like why do you not do this for yourself just do it but then there's also a thing about giving yourself an awful hard time so that can be so counterintuitive uh-huh. because actually that is much worse than not meditating very <laughs> like true giving the guilt giving yeah. yourself the feeling of oh my god I should do this mm-hmm. I should like well why should you you should because you think you know it feels better but mm-hmm. actually when you feel it's right for you you'll make the thing to do it yes. like, so, so true there's, there's so a lot true. In, in our dialogue to be aware of and look at whenever you're having those conversations yeah. Yeah, because I'd like to just switch that inner dialogue off sometimes. Sometimes I know. I can, <laughs> um, but it can be also very, very helpful. Yes. So yeah, do meditation. Yeah, your, med- your seven day meditation was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. So we'll, we'll, we can post it a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, and, absolutely. And people can yeah, thank it. you. Um, do that. So we make sure of either sort of Kundalini meditation, which I love at the moment, okay. or um, sort of like. Um, quiet meditation or guided mm-hmm. meditation it just depends what mood I'm in mm-hmm. I think again that's about listening to yourself mm-hmm. what you um, and really 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 conscious of my sleep right okay super conscious of my right. sleep so I'm like I'm like a baby are you? Like I very much need to have act like again it's that thing about making sure that you're replenishing yourself you're mm-hmm. Um, so that's important. Food, I'd like to see. I mean, I, I do my best and I try. I'm a vegetarian. I'm trying to do yeah. the vegan thing, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of three quarters of the way there. Wow. But still, the odd egg or a bit of cheese comes in. But I, but again, I think that this meditation is like, a, yeah, a yeah, massive just, part of it. Uh-huh. And also the, the self talk thing like that we uh-huh. mentioned. So. Like being really, really conscious and really aware of how I'm speaking what to myself, you're to yourself. Mm-hmm. and I check my check in with that quite a lot. Mm, is that helpful? 
Mm, would would you say that's someone God, else? That's so impressive. Do I'm you, so impressed by that. But it's it's that, mm-hmm. and that's a, a big thing that I'll do with clients. Yeah. Is actually, let's look at an assessment of where you're at with this. Mm-hmm. What do you say? What's the normal sort of dialogue? If you're saying you like we've all got like the ability to manage our own life, we've got we can access anything we want to access. But if the inner dialogue saying no, you're rubbish, or no, that's not good, or what you think that for? And that's where the quiet, that's where the space comes in at the beginning. Uh-huh. So once you get into that space. Um, it's about that. So people talk about meditation, quiet in the mind, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're never going to completely. You can't switch your thoughts off. You get sixty-five thousand thoughts a day. Right? That's not going to happen. Wow. So when you're in that space of um, of of quiet, right? you're, what you're all you're trying to do is you're trying to see your thoughts without judgment. Yeah. So you'll, they'll come in and they'll, yeah. they'll they will tsunami you, right? But just don't. It's just it's just like seeing it and seeing it, it and let it go, seeing it let it go. Someone mm-hmm. once told me. And it was, I remember thinking, I remember hearing this loads of times, right? I'm mm-hmm. a big, huge Oprah fan, right? I yes. love Oprah. She is like literally the best. <laughs> I remember listening to someone talk about the how we manage our thoughts because mm-hmm. there's a lot of dialogue about this as well. I think within the sort of self-development world mm-hmm. about uh, do you stop your thoughts? Do you just listen to them or do you engage in them? Whatever. Mm-hmm. I remember someone said to me once, you're the observer of the thought. Right, mm-hmm. so if you think in your mind like you, you can hear the thoughts that are going around, mm-hmm. like you can hear whatever it would be just now, I'm listening to this podcast or mm-hmm. those girls are talking rubbish <laughs> or, or one of them is anyway. And then it's it's like, well actually who's thinking that thought, which is the observer? Mm-hmm. Right? And then there's the thinking you, which is thinking the thought. But once you start tapping more into the being in the observer yeah. and being grounded in that observer, mm-hmm. it makes it much more easier and much more like you've got much more ability mm-hmm. and strength to be able to see those thoughts as as not part of you. Yes. So there's yeah. this space in between, between that. them, and then that's you've got then the, the opportunity or the choice to select, to select what you want to yeah. what you want to do. Yeah. But by the way, that's not easy either. You know, it's but it's a practice. But recognizing so the ability and that there is there's the potential for that space mm-hmm. is like a massive thing then for somebody to stand back and go, oh, wait a minute here, I am not everything that I think. No. As much as it's like going back to that point again about being mm-hmm. associated with the job or yes. the title, or you're not mm-hmm. like every or single feeling that imposter syndrome. Ah, exactly, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, it's like if we can actually realise that within us all, we've got this innate power, this wisdom, the thing that's what it calls mm. spirit, what it calls self, yeah. what it calls soul, whatever it is. The more we can tap into that and mm-hmm. realise every single person mm-hmm. that's around us right now that's listening to this podcast has that thing, which means we're no better, we're no worse. Everyone's the same. So the comparison, these conversations, the things that happen are actually just a waste of energy and time. But they're there and we uh-huh. see them and we can, and it's just, it's like, I remember, I absolutely love this guy called Kyle Gray. You heard of him before? No. He's like an angel specialist, right? Maybe not be a woman's cup of tea, right, but okay. I love his chat. I remember being at a, 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 like a seminar or something once and he was doing like a talk and he was talking about um, this sort of uh, story about the Buddha. Mm-hmm. And he says uh, that he was, the Buddha was one day in this wee cave mm-hmm. And his guard was standing at the cave door, right. and Buddha's in just doing his Buddha thing, watching TV, <laughs> whatever he does, right? And I think there was a knock at the door at the cave, and a guy came over, and the guard went over, and it was mm-hmm. it was Mara, mm-hmm. just the god of fear. And the guard's like, oh no, there's Mara, oh no, I'm not going to let him in. Hunt him. Mara's like, that, like can I? <laughs> Tell I, him I'm, I, in. I'm coming in, right? I'm going to, I'm coming to see the Buddha, and he's like, no, no, the Buddha's not in. And he's like, no, let me in, I'm coming in to see Buddha. And he's like, nap, nap, can't let you in. And he hears a voice from behind him saying, let him in. Uh-huh. And he lets him in and he gets into the cave and Buddha just stands in front of Mara and says, I see you, Mara. Mm-hmm. I see you. Mm-hmm. I see that fear. Uh-huh. I see that, 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 we're, that 
we don't need to be frightened or fearful of this sort of the, this inner voice, this, this even the inner critic, mm-hmm. so we've got the inner coach, the inner critic, we don't need to be fearful no. of these things because as soon as we see them for what they are, they become powerless. Yes. You know? I can see that you just live and breathe it. And you totally believe in it. Yeah. And that must just make do what you do just the best job ever. It feels good. Yeah, I there's, bet it does. But there's, there's also, I think sometimes there's there's obviously moments where you have moments of doubt or moments of fear and mm-hmm. Mara's jam at your door. I'm actually like, oh. <laughs> Kyle, tell Mara I'm not, I'm not coming out tonight. <laughs> you know? But there'll be moments where this is when it gets real uh-huh. and, and you have to use these tools and you have to remember yeah. actually like sort of practising what you preach. And sometimes you can give yourself even more of a hard time about it. I bet, it yeah, I can imagine you do so. Know, yeah. like you, you're, you're I, like, I know better, and, I know better, right, when, but and, you're human then. You're, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right, so there's moments of that which is, which is fine. And of it's course. the next challenge and I, I have yet to be in a situation uh-huh. that in the moment feels really bad that I didn't at some point look back and think I understand why that had to happen. Uh-huh. And, and I realise as well that the darkest mm. times can be probably the most useful and the biggest learning curves, which doesn't feel very nice at the time. No. But you know that when you're going through transition and change, mm. sometimes you have to go through things that don't feel that good to the move other side. The other side. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So what is next for you? I mean, you're building your digital platform, so that must be a massive undertaking. And But is there other things in the pipeline that you are excited about? Loads of things happening just now, so I still um, have got my sort of other works. I yes. still do a lot of the, um, the presenting stuff uh-huh. with sport, which is great because I, I feel very lucky in that respect because I get to sort of exercise all my passion. Yeah, well, that was the uh, first love working, Aye. you know, enjoying football. So it's like on a Saturday, like I think, what would it? What else would I be doing? Totally. Like Kyle coaches, so he's okay. He's, he he's loves football as mm, well. So on cool. a Saturday, and um, that's what he does. Anyway, yeah. So it's like, well. I would always be at a game. Great. So I must well be there and getting paid for it. <laughs> I'm very, very, very grateful to have that opportunity to uh-huh. do the stuff I do. Fantastic. Get to see places and go places and do stuff. And, and well, you've, earned, you've obviously earned your stripes. You're very good at what you do. So it's, it's lovely you get to still tap into that side of you. It's brilliant. That. So the, the digital platform is moving forward, which cool. I'm really excited Great. about. That. Um, we've also got another wee thing, which I can't really say too much about. But Fine. I'm cool. Very, very, very... Uh, I'm, it's probably the thing I'm most excited okay. about. So watch this space. Watch is the it? space for that one, yes. Um, and and yeah, just sort of trying to to grow and develop mm-hmm. it even more. Like my my ideal scenario is is to get as many people to understand this and educate people. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing for me is always about helping people to to understand it. Mm-hmm. Because I remember being in London once. Right? I was doing a session for Credit Suisse. In uh, Canary Wharf, right, I'm oh. in my depth, right? Because clearly I'm not a banker. Anyway, sort of walking up the door, and I'm just having a laugh, right? So the guys are sitting, and there's about fifty odd people in this room, and obviously broad Glaswegian accents, dots in, but, <laughs> hiya, <laughs> chads, smoke and everything. And um, and initially, I always find that like the more that you can be you, uh-huh. it, it breaks down a lot of barriers Definitely. because people then it gives them permission to be them too. Yes, you know? very much so, so. then people start relaxing a bit more mm-hmm. and it's like you're creating the culture within that room. Yeah. Right? So you're creating that, that environment. And I remember sitting in, and there were, there were kind of people and, you, and if you're doing a session or you're delivering a session where it's not like people are coming to see your stuff uh-huh. or whatever, it's like yeah. there's always going to be the chance that people don't like it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you can kind of usually spot them first mm. <laughs> either shaking their head or just looking away or on their phone or whatever uh-huh. and, that's good. Can, and by the way for anyone that can be pretty off-putting when you're very much so just you're 
pour in your heart out ah. your soul into your things that you're doing there's someone just sound like this right but it's not for everyone you know everyone is at a different point yeah. in, in, in yeah. level of if you're of not ready to tap into that okay but you can't you can't yeah. that's the thing that you cannot force people into wanting to grow or what mm. it's like well that's that's their choice that's yeah. the beauty of the life that we lead mm-hmm. that we can we've got that like, going back to the start we've got mm-hmm. that um, opportunity to make your own decisions about that so for me it's all about attracting the people who are who are in alignment Just, yeah. who mm-hmm. with a message that we're that. trying to share yeah. um and trying to find those people and and and, and getting them to share even more and, and to get mm. in sort of getting a real conversation and, and creating a buzz that buzz about, about it, it. yeah, yeah. Pardon the pun. <laughs> Well, I'm so excited to see what you got to next. Thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. This next part is um, called the quick fire round. It's, Good. it's getting to know who really Quinson's oh, really? is. Best ever song lyric. Best ever song lyric. Yeah. Um, let it be. Ah, nice. Good mm. one. It reminds me of my mum because Aww. I'm not like a massive Beatles fan. Mm. I'm not, but like there's something about the wisdom behind that. By the way, there's so many Beatles songs. If you actually listen to lyrics, you think. Geez, oh, they, yeah. whatever they were taking really seemed to work. <laughs> there's something quite <laughs> profound about it. Yeah. But you know, like Mother Mary come to me, she's mm-hmm. like, listen, you know, it was obviously about his, yeah. his mum, and it's like sitting and actually just allowing things to be as they are and, instead of trying mm-hmm. to create consistent resistance. Uh-huh. There's something about like when we try and force stuff, it feels not like yeah, it kind of jars. Like, ah, yeah. Ah. But if you allow things just to sort of be as they're meant to be, and again that opens up the flow, and it's a it's a big piece of sort of how I try and live my life is letting it be. Taking inspired action when it comes, not just sitting in your house waiting for uh-huh. something to happen, but letting it be as they, as it is and being okay with it. Totally know? not trying to resist it, like you say. What's the one story that either friends or family retell about you like a lot? Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> one that you can uh, share. Um, <laughs> stories I would think probably the one that springs to mind and I don't really know why that is because we were talking about uni earlier on okay my 19th birthday and um I'm not really a massive like drinker mm-hmm. now obviously in your uni days whatever but I remember going out and it was a afternoon it was a Wednesday and we were going out for dinner that mm-hmm. night like my full family right my um my, my nana mm-hmm. also Constance was like sitting and she was I mean she was quite um very sort of like she had her set ways about how she thought a lady should act okay amazing yeah very sort of like clear on that yeah and um i remember going into molly malone's with a girl Mm -hmm. i went to uni with and with three bottles of wine for tenner and uh and i I don't remember coming home oh um so going into the house in the state clearly that i was like how the hell i got the 240 back from glasgow (laughs) i I have no idea and and was in, it was quite the story for uh, quite a number of years. I can imagine you were so the most, talk of the steamy. Right, so most people say about the, that time that I came home. And, uh, uh, there's there's lots more to that story. I'm sure, I'm sure your nana forgave me. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's probably the one that is retold the most, I think. But I'm sure there's a few Fair more. enough, I think we can forgive you, mm-hmm. Eva. <laughs> 19, loving life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the best thing about living in Edinburgh? Kyle. Oh, that is nice. Yes. And the castle. Is, is Kyle from? He's Edinburgh. from Edinburgh. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's lovely. So, but there's something about, like, I remember going to, um, when I, I used to always want to go through there, so my friends mm-hmm. would be like that to me, oh, for God's sake, if she goes again, any opportunity, let's go Edinburgh, let's go for a night out Edinburgh, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> I think maybe subconsciously I must have known he was there somewhere. Yeah. Must, must be what it was. You were drawn to Edinburgh. Drawn. And then when I was, so it's like a year, um, now since I've moved through, mm-hmm. I remember just being like, I had, I had my flat here in Glasgow and I was like, either I move away back down mm-hmm. south again or 
or I'm or, a, or a, I was going to move mm-hmm. just didn't know where specifically in Edinburgh but just like oh, why would I not that's the place I love like a lot there's some energy there's just something about it draws that there. draws me there all the time it's a, just my favourite place there's only there's two places in this earth that mm-hmm. are my favourite Edinburgh and LA and I'm lucky to live in one fab this is becoming a bit of a theme on the podcast hence the name the bra and the brave what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase um, when I used to live in England I used to say words a lot that weren't actually yes, words and I course. didn't know right and a lot of the time I'd have to say is this a word here <laughs> and like I don't really think I'm massively like you can't really understand me it's not as if I'm massively west of Scotland no no like I mean clearly I'm not exactly um, you know I'm not going to win any awards or prizes for the Queen's <laughs> English either I mean I thought <laughs> But um, I remember I used to, I used to, I was standing at the, the, the um, lift one day when uh-huh. I worked in Sky, and I said to my friend, oh, my jacket's covered in ooze. And she's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, my jacket, look at it, it's covered obviously. in ooze. And she's like, ooze, ooze, what is this? And I was like, you know, like ooze, like fluff. And she's like, that's definitely not that's a word. That's not a word. So I probably yes. yes. That is so funny, I love it. What does the world need more of? Kindness. Spot on. Who would play Pony? Ooh. in a film about your life because obviously that question. is going to happen uh, cool. I'd like it to be me obviously uh, who would play <laughs> <laughs> could be um, if you wanted it to be who would play me in who do I love actress wise mm. I love Richard Madden but he can't really play a girl's part mm, or, just, or just up in any limitations in Jamie this Jamie Dornan he could play <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think she'd need to obviously be brunette she'd need to be like obviously really young Clearly, oh, of course. <laughs> she need to have the chat. Oh, she <laughs> For some reason, Courtney Cox comes to my mind. Oh yes, maybe we can have. I that like her because I think I'm, I think there's there's certainly characteristics of her yes. character within Friends that I, I, I uh-huh. relate a lot to. Cool. Yeah. Which band, past or present, would you be a groupie for? Oh my God, take that. Really? Of course. Are you a massive take oh, that? Oh my God. Are you? Yes. There's not even a question about that. Right. Yeah, take cool. that always for me. That was me. <laughs> Although I'm very excited, uh-huh. I was just actually saying this the other day about if there was an, if there was actually like I'm just making my own questions up here. <laughs> That's because okay. you're a pro. If there was a question, this is. Well, so you've not asked the right questions. This is, okay. You're training me. This is this is great. This is free training for I me. Was just about this earlier. <laughs> I was thinking if there was a, a concert right uh-huh. that I would love to go to. Okay. Right. What would it be? Uh-huh. And I'm like. It would be, so I'm all over The Great Showman, right? Okay. Obviously, as most people are. Yeah. But it would be Hugh Jackman yes. singing The Great Showman mm. or Lim Miz, for example, whatever. Nice. And apparently that is an actual thing, which I got tickets for yesterday. It's coming to Glasgow. Is he? I was actually oh, cool. so delighted. Oh, that's sexy. You just dreamt that up. So, you made that thing. So it's, that was my Thoughts become things. Exactly. So there you go. What else else can, <laughs> let's have a wee think. What, what else can, can man conjure up? There's a Shetland <laughs> pony with a bow. <laughs> Well, on that note, thank you so much for doing this, Connie McLaughlin, and I am so excited to see what you got up to next, and I can't thank you enough. This has been really an awesome experience for me. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. All the best. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Bra and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>